Hey guys, welcome back to Broken Journey, the podcast. I am your host, Elva Rivera. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about 9-11. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because I was listening to one of my favorite podcasters, and they are called Straight Up Sisters, the podcast. Um, I've been listening to them since they first started. Um, they are amazing, amazing. So if you get a chance, listen to them. And um, so anyway, I was listening to one of their podcasts, which aired on April April 7th, 2021. And it's called A Man With Purpose, Meet Our Friend Johnny. So they are basically interviewing the person and having a conversation with him. So, you know, he started talking about how things started in his life and, you know, how he got into the military and other things that he does in his life, right? But in one of those conversations, he started talking about 9-11. Now, he had an apartment in New York and then he had an apartment in California, what reason he was going back and forth, I don't remember. However, when he was talking, he started talking about 9-11. And that kind of hit home for me. Because for me, it was like, oh my God, I remember that situation. Um, when I was in New York, now, mind you, I am a native New Yorker. Um, and I was there during 9-11. Now, granted, I was uh, working in Manhattan and I would say we were about 30 miles away from the Twin Towers or maybe a little bit more. However, being there during that situation was very traumatic and when the person that was being interviewed, he was talking about 9-11, it kind of brought back all these memories, all these fears and everything that I experienced on that particular day. Now, mind you, 9-11 is also my son's birthday and my uncle who has passed, but um, their birthday was the same day. And we will always celebrate it um, during that. I mean, obviously on their birthday, right? So my uncle used to love this cake that we would get at um, a deli that was across the street from where I worked on Madison Avenue. So I worked at 59th Street and Madison Avenue. And um, between Madison and Park Avenue, there was a deli called Delmonico. And Delmonico had the best, best strawberry shortcake ever. I mean, the best. We will always get um, a slice every time we would go out for lunch or something like that. But anyway, going back to that, I had ordered the cake so that we can celebrate, you know, their birthday. And my aunt and my uncle, they used to babysit my kids while I worked, right? My uncle at the time, I believe he was retired already. Um, but anyway, 
we, um, you know, we were planning on a nice little dinner and celebrating their birthday, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember that all of a sudden we were all at work and we were sitting in our cubicles and one of my friends who was actually the administrative assistant for the CFO says, holy shit, a plane crashed into the one of the Twin Towers. And we were like, what? And she was like, yes, oh my God. So we all ran to one of the conference rooms because where we were, you were able to see downtown, which we considered like the Lower East Side. And we were like, holy crap. So we started to turn on the TVs at the conference room and all of a sudden, we see the second plane go into the second building. And then while we're watching on the news, we start to see the building collapse. Now, mind you, I'm getting a little emotional because I'm closing my eyes and I'm still seeing these visuals. And we were freaking the hell out. Now, mind you, in one of those towers, there was the antenna, a huge antenna that um, was for cell phones and all that stuff. So when that building collapsed, it turned off all power. So mind you, we lost power on the TV. We lost power in the building. And our phones weren't working, our cell phones or our landline phones. And I can just remember us all freaking out, like, what the hell is going on? And so, you know, obviously there's no TV, there's no phone, there's nothing else that we can, you know, find out. And you know, usually when, usually when you are in a building and they have the double magnet, the double magnets for the door, when the lights go out, that usually unlatches and opens, right? Well, <laughs> that did not happen. The doors stayed shut and we were all trying to get the hell out of that building and we were like, holy shit, how are we going to get out? So the CFO says, listen, I have my golf club. Everybody step away because the doors that we had, thank God, were glass doors. And so the CFO went and banged the crap out of that glass, shattered the glass so that we all can go um, and get out of the building, Right. So we all started walking down the stairs, probably, probably running down the stairs. <laughs> but seriously, we started like going very fast. Now, mind you, I'm on the 18th floor of this building. And there are people that, are, that were in higher floors and they were running downstairs as well. I mean, everybody was freaking the hell out. And who wouldn't be, you know? And so 
I was like, holy crap. Mind you, I bumped into, we, at the company that I was working for, they had two level, two floors that they were renting. One floor, I think it was the ninth floor and then the 18th floor. And, um, you know, the floor that I was on, it was just one section. It wasn't the whole floor, but, um, you know, obviously when a company grows, they need more space, whatever, whatever. And so I bumped into the receptionist at the time and, um, she was pregnant and we were like, holy guacamole, what the hell are we going to do? So I told her she was going now, mind you, we worked in Manhattan and she was going to the Bronx. And, um, so we were like, what the hell are we going to do? So her and I decide, well, you know, we both need to get to the Bronx. Let's try and get a taxi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There were no taxis available. When I say none, I mean none. And then we tried to talk to some other people and say, listen, you know, she's pregnant. I said, I'll stay behind. I don't have a problem. I'll stay behind. As long as she can get to where she needs to get to, because she had, I think at the time she had two other kids. I'm not sure if she had three. I think she had two other kids that she needed to get to at the daycare or the school. And it was, so it was literally like, ridiculous. We could not get her into a taxi. Um, and then we had to be sure to get to the Bronx. I mean, I had my kids in school. Thank goodness that they, um, were with family members, right? But she didn't have her kids with family members. So she had to figure out how the heck to get to the Bronx. Well, we had to walk, from Madison Avenue to First Street, uh, First Avenue, I'm sorry, not First Street, First Avenue, which was about six blocks down. And then from there, we had to get from 59th Street to 125th Street. So you could imagine the little distance there. And that is where there was a bridge where we would be able to cross from Manhattan to the Bronx. We tried to get on the bus that would cross over from Manhattan to the Bronx. First of all, the bus driver said, we are not crossing any bridges. So we were like, well, um, okay, but at least if we could get to the front of the bridge, right? Because that was one of the stops. It was right across the street from the entrance of the bridge. We figured, well, if we can get on the bus, at least to get there, then we can walk across the bridge and try to grab a taxi there. So people were panicking and obviously for a great reason, right? Because all this craziness that's going on. And we were like trying to get on the bus and we couldn't get on the bus. And we were trying to figure out what the hell we're gonna do. So every time we would look at a bus, the bus was full. When I tell you full, it was full to the T. And I mean, it was out of control. We could not get in to any buses at all. And when we would see a bus pass, there was people 
who were who were hanging on the back of the bus, hanging on the doors of the bus, hanging on the windows of the bus, just trying to get from one city to the next city. And it was just crazy. Now, mind you, (laughs) all this time that we're trying to get on the bus, we're trying to get from Manhattan to the Bronx, I had this cake. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I really wasn't thinking too well. I mean, with everything that was going on, I was like, I gotta bring this cake home. (laughs) You would think that that was the least of my priorities and that would be something that I would leave behind, right? But no. This girl here had that strawberry shortcake in a box, taking it with me everywhere that I went. And so um, finally, we were able to get on a bus. And I mean, we were like sardines in this bus. However, we were able to get, you know, we started walking until we can get a bus and we got on that bus and thank goodness me with this cake her with a big old belly and we got to 125th street and first avenue and from there we had to walk across the bridge let me tell you something the bridge was closed obviously they locked down everything no cars no buses, nothing can go across the bridges. And so we walked from the Bronx, I mean, from Manhattan to the Bronx. And then from there, thank God that my aunt only lived 12 miles, I mean, 12 blocks from the bridge. Because if not, I don't know, I think my feet would have fallen off and my hand from holding that damn cake. But anyway, it was so crazy. It was so crazy and so traumatizing that to this day, I still remember all those things that happened. I mean, when I close my eyes and I think back to that day, I can remember coming out of that building and seeing that huge, huge black cloud. And not being able to communicate with anybody to tell them that I was okay. I mean, my mom and I worked in the same place. We worked together. And she was trying to figure out a way to get to where she lived. Because, um, you know, she had my little sister, who at the time was six. And my son um, was six at the time as well. We were pregnant at the same time. That's a long story. But anyway, um, you know, she was remarried and he, her husband didn't have a kid at the time. So, you know, she gave him a kid and she was 39. My mom was a young mom. So you might've heard that in another episode, but, you know, trying to figure out all these things, looking at the black cloud. I mean, I was miles and miles away from the scene But you can just look up and see that black cloud and say, Lord, what just happened? 
what just happened you know and then to think people that you knew who worked in that area my uncle's wife um works at the new york housing authority down in manhattan and literally i would say she was about i'm gonna say like 10 15 blocks away from the scene it was crazy and so not being able to get to speak to people who were working in that area not being able to talk to anybody and just knowing that you cannot communicate was like pure hell pure hell and you know unfortunately my son as a kid obviously kids don't don't know you know and so when i got to my aunt's house i walked in and they were happy that you know everything was okay and you know obviously the kids were were picked up early from school and things like that and then you know they had the tv on in the bronx obviously there was still you know electricity and stuff like that and um they had the tv on and you're seeing the news and you're seeing the scene um on tv and my son goes and says mommy why did they have to do this on my birthday <laughs> and i just started laughing because i i didn't know what else to do and i just said papito I don't know why this happened on your birthday. I just don't know. I said, but these were bad people and they were looking to harm. And he was like, well, they shouldn't have done it on my birthday. <laughs> the innocence of kids when they are young. It was just, it was funny because, you know, obviously he, he didn't know. He didn't know what was going on. Um, but again, it was so traumatic. It was such a traumatic event. And when, again, when I was listening to that podcast and the guy was talking about 9-11 and everything that was going on and, you know, all the things that he was saying kind of triggered that moment, that time, and said, my goodness, I remember this. I remember these things that he's talking about. And then, you know, you kind of say to yourself, my goodness, I was traumatized by that, obviously, right? And did I ever deal with that? For me, I felt like I was back in that same scene again. And it was just, it was a horrific, horrific event. Very horrific event. And, you know, it was to the point, I it shut down New York. Like, New York is one of those places, like they say, the city never sleeps. Everything is open. And if it's not open, it's because 
it's a little bodega or, you know, it's a store that needs to shut down, like clothing store. Nobody's going to shop at 12 o'clock at night, at midnight and stuff like that. However, you know, there's always something open. You can always go down the street and get something, a pizza or, you know, some food or go to Manhattan and see a whole bunch of things. And there's always things open, right? Um, And so... I just think that all of that was so traumatic. And I I will actually say that when you go through traumatic situations like that, you kind of look at life in a different perspective. And for me, I was like, what is going on? Where, what am I going to do? You know? Thank God, you know, we still had our job. I think after three or four days, we had to go back to work. I was scared as hell. Having to go into the train, not knowing if, you know, there was going to be a bomb on that train. Not knowing if somebody next to me was going to freak the hell out. You know, trying to figure out, you know, looking behind your shoulder trying to look and see what is going on, you know, suspicious people and going into, um, going into the building at work. Things changed like drastically. Like you could not go into the building unless you were showing your, your ID, your driver's license. I didn't have a driver's license at the time. Actually, no, I did have a driver's license, but you know, your ID, your your badge having to do like a finger uh swap um scan because that was the only way you were going to get in the building to go to work and let me tell you something if you had somebody who was coming to visit honey you better have had that person on the list because if not they were not coming in it was really really crazy and i i kind of got tired of that And that made me think, okay, what am I going to do to change this? I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live worrying about getting on the train to go to work. And, you know, after a few years, I came to visit family in Florida and I fell in love. I fell in love with the difference you know, in New York, there's, I love New York. New York is my hometown and I will always represent my hometown. However, I felt like I needed to give my kids a different environment, give them a change, give them something that was different than what I lived. Right. And I got to tell you, I, I think that it was the best decision that I made. Um, You know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I itch during the holidays and stuff like that. Um, Because here they don't, the area where I live at doesn't really celebrate or like have all these decorations like they do in New York. That's one of the things that I truly, truly miss about New York you know, all the decorations, all, all the lights and all those things that you see during the holidays. Those are things that I miss the most. 
And, um, but I will say that that's, you know, I don't regret moving here and giving my kids a different opportunity in life. Um, but anyway, you know, there are so many things sometimes that when you least expect it, you think that you're over some of these things. And next thing you know, something will snap, something will trigger that trauma, right? And we need to learn how to deal with that. I think I pushed it to the side. I pushed it in the back of my head and said, okay, this is a situation that happened. Move on. But when you start to hear these things or you start to hear a word or you hear a conversation or something that'll bring you back to that trauma, that means that you haven't fully dealt with it. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to say, you know, if you are in a traumatic situation, take the time to heal from that, right? My trauma with 9-11 was a different situation. It wasn't, you know, this was something that was worldwide. No, you know, everybody felt this trauma. But um, sometimes we have personal trauma and, you know, we try to hide from it or not deal with it, right? And some people go into drugs behind it. Some people, you know, go into hiding behind it. There's so many things, so many different ways that people deal with trauma and some of them are not good, but I just want to say, you know, if you feel like you are in a situation where you have something that you have felt or been through and I guess a traumatic experience, take the time to heal from that trauma. Look for help if you need to. For me, like again, I listened to that conversation and it made me tear up. And then I started thinking to myself, did you ever really deal with those things? With the way that you felt about it? With the way that you see things now, you know, does it still affect you? And I can honestly say that it probably will always affect me, you know, but there's a way to handle that situation and think that I am blessed because I did not lose anybody in that 9-11 attack. However, There are so many people, so many people who have lost family members. And for that, I I don't even know what to say. But just find a way to handle that trauma. Anyway, guys. I wanted to share my experience about 9-11 after getting, hearing that conversation and it triggering emotions for me. If you have had any traumatic experience in your life, which I'm sure we all have, please get the help that you need. 
I'm going to share two resources with you um, if you feel like you're dealing with some traumas that are from your past that you are unable to deal with at the time. Um, These two places, I found them online on Google. And um, they have various offices in all over the United States. So the first one is goodtherapy.com. That's G-O-O-D-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And then we have betterhelp.com. And that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com. And they also have a hotline, which is 888-688. 9296. Again, if you are going through a traumatic experience in your life and need an outlet, please don't use drugs. Use these resources that are here to help. And if you are working at a company that offers EAP, which is a employee assistance program, please take full advantage of that. They offer three free um, therapy sessions. And if you need more, I'm, I believe that they have more sessions available depending on the situation. And again, this may be you or maybe someone that you know, um, share this experience with them, actually share this information with them. And, um, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please share this with others. Um, when we have podcasts, it's not like, um, YouTube where they have an algorithm. Um, our podcasts are based off of referrals. So I appreciate it. If you share this episode with someone that you love, have a good day guys.